Hey guys, and welcome to the Creative Influencer Show, a weekly podcast talking about all things design, building, real estate, and how to get your next project off the ground running. I have been building and designing Muskoka cottages for almost two decades, and man, saying those words is just crazy. My name is Amanda McLennan, owner and designer of RB Furniture Shop and RB Design, located in beautiful Port Carling, Muskoka, Canada. I'm an entrepreneur at the core with an incredible design team, a mom to my three amazing kids who fill my heart with so much joy, and I have a huge love for surfing and a big goal this year to nail a 360 on my surfboard, my CrossFit tribe, great coffee, Nutella, and margarita pizzas, and my next reason to visit Italy. So what's the freaking deal? The Creative Influencer Podcast is a brand new platform that I'm so excited to share. And well, here is a quick who, where, and why I ended up playing in your ears. Well, what feels like a little while back, and if I'm being honest, it's about two decades ago, I made a huge move from the city to Muskoka to start a career in interior design. I took an old car and a huge heart filled with creativity and made my way north on Highway 400. I was young, free of responsibilities, and landed a huge internship at a design firm and made an incredible opportunity to work on some of the most magazine-worthy projects here along the shorelines of Lake Muskoka. I was a junior, and I was just so happy to fully submerge myself in my passion. And hey guys, I would have literally have done anything to spend a moment with a talented architect, lead designer, big client, anything. I just wanted to absorb everything like a big old vision board. Okay, guys, so let's jump right in and get started. I know you guys are going to love this episode. Okay, so before we get started, I wanted to share an amazing opportunity to join the RB mail list and receive 15% off your first online order. Our team has been working so hard on new arrivals and introductions, and our website is fresh and ready for the 2022 season. Make sure to head over to the website and see all the new introductions, rbfurnitureshop.com, or give us a follow on Instagram where you can see most of our projects, arrivals, and daily store stories, which most of the time are the unglamorous life of myself, but you can watch all the unedited bloopers and get some giggles in for sure. Make sure to join the mail list and receive 15% off your first online order. How you can do that is just heading over to the website directly. There should be a pop-up box that uh, pops up as soon as you log in. And if that isn't the case, then you can always send us an email at sales at rpfurnitureshop.com. Happy shopping and make sure to tag us in your posts. Okay, guys, so let's dive right in into this episode number 12, yay, on the Creative Influencer Show. And today we are talking about how to make your cottage feel farmhouse. Okay, so this is the number one, repeat after me, number one RB fans and followers. It's our number one style answered question to our design intake from our clients. It's one of the number one categories that gets checked off every single time. Everyone loves a great farmhouse style. So let's break that down and chat more about what makes your home feel farmhouse and how do we achieve it. So get ready to have your heart and your mind filled with creativity. Let's take some notes because you're not going to want to miss this episode and make sure to grab a pen and paper um, because there's lots of points here that we're going to talk about. And I think it's a really, really great opportunity just to have something close by that you can jot some key points down. Okay, so let's start off first with a massive shout out to who I feel like this Liberty designer has made us fall in love with this amazing farmhouse style, 
which is none other than Joanna Gaines. I mean, if this girl has not brought Farmhouse back into Revival, I don't know who has. She seems to be the one that most of us are gravitating towards. I think she does a really exceptional job on making Farmhouse um, look really, really, you know, good. And I also feel like she's, you know, very marketable. I mean, how cute are they? Chip and Joanna and their family. And I mean, just like... I want to just sit down and like, I mean, that would definitely, it would be one of my dreams (laughs) sit down and be able to have a conversation with her would be amazing. I mean, she seems like she's such a cool person and her, just the vibe, just everything. So I really feel like she, over the past 10 years has made this like, you know, great influence for most of us for, you know, marketing this farmhouse style. So let's break that down a little bit and kind of talk about, you know, what makes farmhouse? Like, what does that, what does that look like? Joanna Gaines, I feel, has brought so much attention to the farmhouse style over the past decade. And with so many of her projects, I feel like her sense of home and craftiness, like the, just like, I don't know if craftiness is the right word, but just like that home, like that, I just like loved in, lived in feel is just very, very present in all of her projects. Her, she, I mean, the girl has a hit TV show, Fixer Upper. I mean, she's got her own network now. I mean, the Magnolia store, like everything. I mean, she's just so heavily involved in so many different business avenues. And I think that they all tie back really to the same thing, which is just like this really very, you know, relaxed sort of like farmhouse. I would say that she leans a little bit more on the traditional side of farmhouse sometimes. Like it's a little bit more of that homey kind of sense, but it's beautiful nonetheless. And I think a lot of people are very inspired by that. We have so many great questions on a previous project that I had actually designed. Um, and that I feel like had a huge, it was a huge, hugely influenced by a farmhouse style. And I thought it would be a really, really great opportunity to sort of break that down as to what that previous project has, because there's a lot of questions that we get from our Instagram feeds or our website. People email us daily asking us about paint colors that we've used or perhaps the floors and like what the tone and the colorations and all of that stuff. And I just thought it would be such a great episode to break it down into, you know, different categories for um, our listeners to be able to understand, you know, how we were able to achieve this farmhouse style. So stay tuned. Okay, so we know Joanna Gaines is such a celebrity. I mean, honestly, she's brought this farmhouse style to us and it's it's been such a big impact even for myself. I a few years ago had designed a property. The property is called Eden Bridge or we hit, we normally name all of our properties that we design because we don't like to use, um, our client names. Although we do like, we will refer to it in the office, but just in terms of uh, like, we actually, how the names are created, this is just a total side note, how they're created is we name them after British train stations. So if anybody was ever wondering what the heck, why do we call all our projects by different names? They're actually just named after different uh, British train stations. It's something personal that I grew up in Scotland. So I just feel very like drawn to train stations because we would travel. That's pretty much like the how you travel around, especially in uh, Britain, the trains run all the time. It's very different here to what it is in Canada. So there's lots of different train station and train station names. And um, it just felt like, yeah, that seems like it would be very, very fitting. So that's just a little side note about how all these names sort of came about. So Eden Bridge was one of a previous projects that I had worked on. It was actually a personal project um, of my own. Um, So that was something that um, 
this was like an investment build that we had purchased, but um, I thought that it would be a really good, it, it, it definitely vibes very farmhouse. So I thought it would be a very good to bring up that property during this episode because it will be able to talk specifically about farmhouse and how to break it down into categories. So how to achieve the farmhouse look. And on the Eden Bridge project, it was one of my most personal remodels. It was a renovation cottage property on Lake Muskoka. In this particular property, it was built in the, I believe it was like the 1970s. And honestly, guys, it stood the test of time. <laughs> like it, it stood the test of time. It was like you walked in and it was 1970. Um, very, very, like it was, it was beautifully kept. Very, very well kept. Um, like a lot of cottages are, right? Like there's sort of time encapsulated like in to that era of where they were built. Um, so built in the 1970s and it, for me, it just felt like it would be a great investment. It took a lot of creation at the design board to bring it into that modern like farmhouse feel. But there was just something about it when I walked into that property when we were first looking for places that I just, I felt so connected to it. It was such a personal property for me. (laughs) Honestly, I fell in love with the cottage the moment that I saw it. It had the best views. Like you would just walk in he would walk in through the front door and a lot of the views were actually blocked at the time, but it just had this like very, very long range of Lake Muskoka. It was beautiful. Um, I think that when we were there, it was in the evening and it just like the sun was setting and it was just, it was stunning. It was such a beautiful, beautiful um, sunrise, sunsets. Like it, it was just, it was, it was very magical to be there. I don't know if it's just me or like sometimes when I walk into properties, especially maybe, I mean, I definitely feel it when I'm there with the clients and, you know, you want to create the sense of like home and there's definitely like an emotional connection to things. But personally, like I can walk into a house and I'll know that it's just not for me. And it, it could be stunning. It could be a great like design. I mean, magazine worthy, but it just... I don't know. It's like, it's like the house doesn't have like that aura. you're not drawn to it. And then other houses that could be complete teardowns, maybe where like, they're just, they're so awful looking like in a picture, right? It, I just feel that personally, I don't know. I just like, I'm sometimes I'm very, very drawn. There's like this aura, something that's there. And in this cottage, it was definitely that there was just something that was very drawing towards me. I could feel that like, I don't know, maybe it was just past memories and just being able to like honor that for like the next generation to come through. I just, I like, I don't take that very lightly. I take it very seriously. And, um, especially when it's like a personal investment too, it's definitely, you know, I think that that's why a lot of our clients can relate to us because this is not something that I do. That's just for clients. It's something that I also do for myself. And I have a lot of experience with that. And I'm happy to share a lot of the mistakes that I've made. I'm happy to share a lot of the, um, you know, positive gains that I've made. So I'm not, you know, I'm not, I don't take it lightly because I think that when we're using and investing people's money into things, it's something that, you know, we need to take seriously. We need to sort of be in that black and white kind of category. And like, this is where we're at and this is what it looks like. And I think that's why we've grown tremendously over the past couple of years, because we're such a, like a raw connection with our clients that way. And I'll say to clients, as soon as they, you know, meet with me and they come in through the door, that if that's not something that gravitates, you know, you towards me, 
um, then for sure, like if you're looking for a designer that's just there to pick out a color and then that's it and not be opinionated or, you know, be perhaps just, you know, sort of like agree or go shopping with, like, that's not who I really, you know, want to be or achieve. Like I want to go much deeper into it than in the design than that. I want to be able to help my clients achieve something that is breathtaking when they walk in. I want them to really feel like home. I want them to really, really gravitate towards, you know, that, classic kitchen like I want to look at the pieces that you know it's like where are we putting our cutlery like what are the intentions of the glasses like what 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 how do we use our home like I want to dive much much deeper I'm not the type of designer or investor that you know is just kind of wanting to you know just put it up get it on the market it's just it's a little bit deeper for me than that because I feel like that is just where I am in my career and it's just such a big passion of mine. And I feel like I really, in order for me to honor myself, I need to honor that. And that sort of, you know, honors it back into clients. And um, yeah, and, you know, we're obviously, there's lots of growing pains that we have as a company, you know, growing tremendously. Um, Definitely lots of holes that we need to fill um, in terms of administratively. But I just, I feel that when I'm kind of off track here, but when I'm at these properties and I'm looking at them, I just, it's just, sometimes I get such a big connection. And on this property for Eden Bridge, I definitely had that type of connection. And it was just such an, it's it's just such a cool experience. I don't know. It's like, I often feel that like, along with this connection, like I can almost like envision what the room will look like if there are you know, it's almost like, I don't know, I feel like I'm like a cartoon character or something. I have like some superhero thing. I don't know if anybody else is like this, but it's like you can scan a room and you're like automatically like your brain is just going a million miles a minute where it's just like all this creativity pops in and you're like, what about this? What about that? What about if the kitchen and the cabinets? And it's like, I can almost like envision what um, that will look like. And I don't know. It's like a cool superpower strength. I don't know what it is. I, I just think it's normal for me. I don't know if everybody else has that feeling, but um, it was just such a personal property for me. And I fell in love with the cottage, honestly, the moment I saw it. And I just, I'm not sure if anybody else has that, but I'm a little bit off track, but I just wanted to kind of bring that up. Um, honoring the past owners for me on this project was like, it was important. And I wanted to it's not like, I mean, I understand that I'm not gonna make everybody happy, but I definitely wanted to have some sense of pride for myself where it was like, you know, there is obviously a lot of memories here in the cottage. We want to carry that through. And I wanted to sort of have that for myself. We were, this cottage was something again, personal because it was during COVID and, um, my family was able to spend a lot of time there. Um, we had a lot of memories on the dock. We had a lot of memories in the cottage. A lot of, I know some of my friends are probably listening and we had a lot of great memories just together as like gathering and family and friends. And maybe it was because of COVID, you know, because of that important community time with gathering became so, so, uh, you know, I'm so blessed that I'm able to take those memories away from this particular property. Um, and the views and just like the memories of like that, just that cottage Muskoka feeling. Ah, it's just, it's so, so, so cool. So if you're able to sort of have those connections, I think when you walk into a property and you're looking at that, like it just really needs to speak to you. It doesn't matter about what other people, you know, their opinions. It's just like, I can walk into things and I'm just like, yeah, I really love it. And maybe my real estate agent is just, you know, kind of shaking their head thinking this is nuts. 
Or, you know, maybe there are other people that are part of that where it's just like they just don't have that. And I think you really need to, I mean, you need to be wisely invested. You need to be of, you know, a clear focused, you know, you want to make a good decision. But at the same time, if something is really speaking to you and it's sort of calling to you, and for me it did, and there were some things about that property maybe as an investment point that wouldn't, you know, speak all positively but um from a personal point it was something for me that I think that uh it it just it felt felt really really good so I I had to honor myself with that and um yeah it was just it was cool when we first walked into that property it was completely it was completely sided in that like I want to say it's like that 1970 era of brown. <laughs> I don't know. It's like all the camp cabins. It's like they had one color in the 70s and it was just brown. And everybody painted the, all their cottages in all of all of Ontario that color. It wasn't even a Muskoka thing. It was just like maybe it was even across Canada. I don't know. All the cabins in the 70s were painted the brown. That was the cottage. That's what we walked into. Had very minimal uh, windows. It actually had... There were like flying decoys. So like um, like the mallards or ducks um were actually like you know they were staged in a way I guess that was tasteful from the ceiling and it had definitely some very like quirky little things about it um but those quirky things made it look really really cool the before and after project pictures on Edenbridge are something to speak words to because it was a pretty cool transition taking it from like that deep 1970 all the way to like you know 2020 and that very modern kind of flair to it so um, yeah, you can check out a lot of the pictures on our website. Um, if anybody's interested in more pictures of that, I mean, maybe what we'll do is we could do uh, something on our Instagram stories or something. We definitely, I love a great before and after. It looks really, really cool and it speaks to it. But Eden Bridge is the property. We're going to dive into that and just categorize it by steps, um, how we're able to achieve that modern uh, farmhouse look. Um, but that's the, the reference point back for this podcast. Okay, so step one would be, we spoke about a little bit just prior to this, would be to find a property. The market right now, I'm recording this uh, podcast, is April 2022. The market is a very hot, hot market right now. Um, it is, I think, obviously, it's, it's, it's a... <laughs> It's very popular, you know, trying to get waterfront property right now. Um, it seems like it, there's multiple offers and bids and all of that jazz. But nevertheless, finding a property would be the number one step. I had mentioned a little bit before, you know, how we had come to find that property. And it was something that we were working with a real estate agent. We had found something we were working with in a budget. And this property popped up. Um, we bought it actually relatively quickly. So if this was something even prior to COVID, which it was, it was prior to COVID, um, it was still relatively quickly. I don't even think that it la like it didn't hit MLS for like a long period of time. So we did that's step step one was working with a great agent, finding a property, and being able to secure and the you know the offer on the property would be uh, the number one thing that uh, we do. Looking at the different types of properties you could do is it, I sort of broke them down into two categories. I, it would either be renovation or construction, new construction. So the first category being in renovation, um, some pros on that would be that a renovation is a property that's already ready to go. 
So it's already ready to go, meaning like the framed construction is already done. It's ready. You can still do a full gut. I mean, obviously you need to have permits and things like that that are going to be in place. But that's the advantage is that there's not a time lapse where you have to wait um, for a new construction build and obtaining permits and obtaining crews and all of that stuff. Um, it's a longer process to do a new construction. However, renovations can be quite lengthy as well. Um, some of the cons with renovations would be, you know, you're limited somewhat on the design plans and the new space that was specific to Edenbridge. Um, we had limitations as to what we could do and what we couldn't do because we did keep the shell of the cottage. So the exterior of the shell, but we had to add on additions and we were limited to as the space and kind of dimensional planning within that. Um, and sometimes it, you have to weigh out the pros and cons between new construction and remodels because sometimes the remodels can get so deep that it almost doesn't make sense to keep it. Like it would be more cost effective to tear it down. I personally, again, it was that strong connection that I felt with that property and walking in and uh, a little side note, like when we walked into that property and actually one of the, I, I don't know if it was the first showing or the second showing, it might've been like the second showing or maybe when we had secured the offer. I can't actually remember like what the timeline was, but we'd walked into that property and uh, one of the previous owners was there. They were an older couple, an older couple. Like I want to say like they were in their like late eighties, nineties. Um, and they, I remember walking down and their house was like, again, it was times capsulated in the seventies. This lady walks out and she has her hair done. Like she looks stunning. She's like this iconic woman, <laughs> stunning. And she's in this evening, evening wear. Like I, I don't, I don't even own something like this. I don't even know. I don't know what the right word is, but she's in something that you would wear like like you would have your bathing suit on and then you would transition to this evening cocktail wear. I don't know, something to go over your bathing suit, but it's not like a gown. It's not like you're going to like a, you know, a, a dress party. But so she's in there, she comes out and she's in this beautiful evening, you know, wrap around thing after your bathing suit number. And she's got a cocktail in her hand. And I'm just like, that is just, it's just class. It's just so classic. And, you know, I don't have one of those things. I don't even know what those things are called. But anyways, that was part of the sort of experience of buying the property. And maybe one of the reasons why, you know, when you add up all those times and like what, what happened, but they were very, very proud and, um, and, and they should have been, um, and just, you know, they walked through and, you know, let us know where all of the, you know, the things were in the cottage and dishes and, you know, certain pieces and, it was just very beautiful. It was a very beautiful experience. So thank you to the people that were there because it was definitely a memory that's kind of timestamped with me. And it was definitely something that I remember as I was speaking, you know, to going forward with like either thinking about a renovation or new construction. Controversially for that particular property, it could have gone either way. I personally decided to keep it as a renovation, but it could have gone as a new construction. I mean, if we're looking at dollars and cents and trying to figure out what would be more cost effective, it probably would have, I mean, it's probably 50-50. I, I, I don't regret what we've done and I re, I'm really proud of what we were able to bring to the market in terms of a remodel for that property, but it was a very like, teeter-totter kind of does it go new construction does it go remodel we were limited on the planning and dimensions 
in that particular cottage. And I think if you're looking at it from a marketability and resale, and if you're looking at it as an investor, stairs are not always that appealing to, um, to most people. I don't even want to put it into like our older category. Like it's not, I am in my forties and I still would prefer a property that does not have, you know, an incline where we're looking like we're doing the stairmaster to the cottage. However, Muskoka is obviously lots of natural granite rocks. So you're not going to find the perfect property, like with all the checkpoints to it. So it definitely could have gone either way. When we're talking about accessing the waterfront, there were a lot of steps. Um, but I'm also talking about inside the cottage where in the renovation, we did not keep it like we were limited and we had to include stairs. So there were uh, three levels of this particular property. So new construction, some of the pros would be, you know, obviously have more complete design control. The cons are it's often more time and, you know, money compared to a renovation. However, remodels can be an endless pit as well. So you never know what you're getting into with a remodel. Um, you can start taking walls down and then finding out that, you know, there are certain structural barriers that have been compromised. Maybe perhaps, you know, you want to upgrade certain things, you know, insulation factors from the 1970s are far different than building codes are and, you know, are today. We were lucky because I think that the property that this, the people who had built the property, I believe um, just from neighbors, I'd gathered some information. It was a local guy that had built it. Um, He was, I don't know, it was a a, a local European guy um, and he had built the cottage very well. So it was a very well built cottage for that time and era. You could definitely tell, Um, but not all cottages speak to the same sort of magnitude of craftsmanship. So that was another factor for us uh, keeping it as a like a renovation project versus a new construction project on Edenbridge. And I would say I go through that process um, with clients. That's ultimately their decision to make at the end. But it's a fine line to sort of teeter back. A lot of people will ask square footage costs with this. Like what's the square footage? Well, that number can be jump up and down. It really depends on what your budget is, you know? So you have to look at that because we have renovation costs that would be, you know, around this amount for a square foot and then another amount because it's based on budget. I would say most of our clients that are coming to, you know, the table, if you're looking to do a full renovation of somewhat of this, I would say that you're, you're probably looking upwards of about a million dollars to invest in something like, and that's, that's such a broad range. But if you're looking to have something at that, you know, three plus thousand square feet, and you're getting into new walls, new floors, new kitchens, new whatever, I would say, yeah, you would be close to um, possibly about a million dollars um, for that in terms of new construction. Again, that is such a vague category as well for square footage, because it really depends on what your budget um, is. And it's the finishing materials can throw that number up or down, but renovations are, and can be quite costly. And you can certainly do a renovation for a lot less than a million dollars. I know that, that, that might scare a lot of people, but we're talking that these properties are also, you know, there, there are a few million dollars to invest in. If you're, you know, doing something and the market right now is it's crazy. It's even crazier than what it was for sure when, you know, this property was sold. So those are all things to consider with that. So renovation, new construction, I personally chose a uh, renovation in this. Um, and it was definitely a personal decision that I did that for more than anything. And it did have some really, really good bones about uh, the Edenbridge Cottage.
Okay. So step two, and this is, this is really important. So this is such a vague, and I'm going to, this is my thing, my take on farmhouse. I think that farmhouse is a category of stylation towards, you know, designing a property. But there are different, you know, levels of farmhouse. I know that a lot of, like, for example, Joanna Gaines, sometimes I look at her farmhouse styles and sometimes it can lean a little country bumpkin to me. It sometimes it can, you know, lean a little bit more classic or traditional. I don't really put her into the category of like this modern sort of sleek kind of, you know, feel. So I think there are different categories to farmhouse. And I think you need to define what your category is. Again, when we look back at the Edenbridge project, for me, I had recently just got back from a trip from Europe. I had taken my family. I had visited Sweden. I was in Finland. That was hugely influential for me. If you've ever traveled to those Scandinavian countries, they are very simple, very chic. Um, It's very practical. It's like a very practical basis for everything that they have. Like they have optimized a lot of small space living and they utilize a lot of different you know areas like hotel rooms there I mean a hotel room in Sweden is far smaller than a hotel room in Toronto and every little space is used like everything is used it's just it's it's very very practical and I love that and it was very influential for me when I was looking at this property um, to design with so that my space and time was traveling to um, Sweden and Finland um, and being sort of part and kind of submersed into that culture. And I think that if you haven't traveled to those countries, they're definitely 100% worth um, the travel time to get there. It, it is a little far, especially from, you know, here in Ontario, but uh, beautiful, breathtaking um, especially in both Sweden and Finland there, but I equally liked both of them. So that was a huge part for me. So I would say for that particular farmhouse that we had designed, it would definitely had more of a modern flair to it. It had a lot of injection of color. So, you know, that was a big pop for me. I was at a time and place in my life where I'm just like, I'm not doing another white thing. So for me, I had to pop a lot of color in. And we're talking that this property was completed four years ago. Four, four or five years ago. So at the time, the four or five years ago, I had done my laundry room. It's in Benjamin Moore. It's Boreal Forest. Um, it's an AF color. And at the time, I think people were like, what? Like, that's crazy. And now you see this green thing popping up all the time, right? Everybody wants to do this like forest green, like this really, really deep. But at the time, it was very, very trendy to do that. It was really risky, actually, for me. And I think that it wasn't a smart decision in terms of marketability in terms of like reselling that cottage because white is always safer. The neutral tones are always safer. It's becoming more like we're seeing more color. And I talked about this in the last episode where color is becoming more of a injection come back in. We're still doing white walls, but at the time, you know, Boreal forest was, it was on trend. Like you were seeing that, but not a lot of people were doing it. So I have no regrets with doing it. I love that green color. It was fantastic. And it, we got a lot, a lot of feedback on our Instagram feed with like positivity and, and the front door color as well. The front door color is always like the number one, the front door color. It's always the laundry room color. And then the mud room colors, which are all colors. They're all non, non white colors or non neutral, I guess, base colors, but uh, they're the most popular colors that we get asked um, 
from our clients or from our audience in terms of, you know, what, what those were. So for me, I think you need to decide on the three categories. I'm going to break them in. We're either modern, classic, or traditional. Traditional being that I think that traditional, I would say, speaks more to, you know, a little bit more refinedness to it. It has a little bit more classic, a little bit more style. Modern is just a little bit more sleek. I've put that into the category for mine. I did mine more modern with like a Scandinavian kind of flair to it. And classic would be, I feel like a little bit sometimes, I don't know, country bumpkin. It's just, yeah, something that you would find on the farm. So a little bit more rough and edgy kind of to it you know, there's a different, definitely these different categories. So I think you need to decide what category speaks most to you. I would say for marketability here in Muskoka, we definitely are in more of the modern or tra- like traditional. Um, those would be the two. I think that sometimes like that rough and edgy and kind of like the farm country eggs kind of sold here that typically doesn't do as well. And and this is just from a marketability. If that's your thing and that speaks to you and you're going to live there for the next 40 years, then you do you. <laughs> it's fine. But from, you know, a resale point, it would definitely be more the modern or tra- traditional. If you are looking to resell, I would stick neutral, <laughs> neutral colors, not definitely lots of pops of colors. I think it is fun to do some injections, but I did go a little crazy on Eden Bridge. There was, there was colors everywhere. Um, and I think that, uh, again, I'm really happy with the way that everything turned out, but if I was going to suggest that for a client in terms of resale, I would definitely stick a little bit more neutral into the tones and design plan for, um, categorizing your different levels of farmhouse. Okay. So step three, the design, the design boards I, and planning ahead, are crucial. I think that, um, I think it's, it's crucial for you to be able to gather the information as best you can. So from me, if I go back and I time-lapse this, looked at the property, we were looking for a property. We found a property. It was very quick. And then the closing was, I don't know. I can't remember exactly. Maybe it's 60 days. Let's just assume it was 60 days. I would utilize as much time as I possibly could within that 60 days. You're entitled with a deal close to have a certain amount of showings to go back in or viewings, I guess, viewing showings, whatever they're called. I would definitely utilize that time to make sure that you are optimizing, you know, your definitely check measures. So I would be, you know, hiring somebody to come in and do full you know, room measurements and check measures so that you can have detailed plans that are listed. So you can begin working on all of that stuff prior to the property closing. Um, design boards are a key, like they're a must. And for me, I had chose chosen a, a modern Scandinavian kind of feel to it. So I was doing a lot of planning ahead, being inspired. I mean, I'd, I'd gone on a trip. If you can afford to, you know, book yourself to go to Sweden, go to Finland. I mean, they're great opportunities to be able to see how that culture, what that looks like, what colorations they're using, what type of furniture that they're using, you know. And for me, I utilized that time. That's not the reason why I didn't go to Sweden to get inspired. I was actually because my family had traveled there with regards. It was a it was for hockey, but um, I just had utilized that. It was like it was very influenced uh, by that type of style. but I think it, it speaks for itself. Like if you are able to travel anywhere, anything that's super inspiring to you, I think that you can definitely relate that back into your design boards. Using your appointments, make sure to schedule a full house plan. 
if you don't have the ability to do all your check measures yourself, I would either do one of two things. I would either hire a designer to do that, or I would hire somebody to come out and take all the measurements for you. There's a lot of different companies that do that now. So um, even if you don't have time to run around with a tape measure on a full house, there's definitely lots of people that would be able to facilitate that for you so that you can at least get started on measurements. Um, And if not, and that's not within your budget, then I would get, you know, some graph paper. I would book some time, get a tape measure. If it's a manageable property, like if it's a smaller cabin style, I would definitely measure that myself. It's not that hard to go around. It's definitely like you take perimeter measurements, measure all the existing Um, And then you would work, you know, back from an existing plan um, into a new plan. I personally, I found a lot of ideas from Pinterest. And if I'm being really honest at the time, I did not want, like, I didn't want another property that I had done prior. And this is like coming off of multiple projects. Like I've done multiple properties. I've, you know, been doing this for quite some time. I just didn't want the property to fall flat. So I didn't want to do another white kitchen and I didn't want to be able to just, you know, do something that was like as safe. I wanted to push that edginess for me and a huge inspiration for me was because again, it was the previous owners coming in, this classy woman, she was there, she had lots of color, there was lots of vibes. And I think that that reflected a little bit back into the property. So I wanted to honor and sort of respect that. And, um, and who doesn't want to have like this, like, I hope that I'm that person when I'm like coming to greet you and I'm in my eighties or nineties and I'm like in my evening gown and I've got my cocktail and you come up and we're doing hors d'oeuvres. I mean, I just, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's wonderful. And even if my house is like dated, you know, I always like see a lot of these houses in like Las Vegas or like California and they're like these iconic you know, properties that are time capsulated and they're stunning. They still look like they've still got all the shag carpeting, but it's like still in immaculate condition. And I felt like that's what this property was. So, um, make sure to plan ahead. I definitely think that doing check measures and getting all your design boards, Pinterest is a great resource uh, for that. And I mean, there's so many images right now of that farmhouse feel, you know, I think you'll have more, more, more difficulty navigating through what you actually like versus trying to find, you know, copy or print for that. Joanna Gaines. I mean, there's so many great, uh, you know, designers that are out there that definitely have that vibe. But I would say that, you know, for this particular property, that was definitely something that um, I was inspired by was her. And then obviously a trip to uh, Europe, which helped be able to determine, you know, what design direction we were going to flow with this particular property. Okay, so step four is picking your materials. I think that for the Edenbridge renovation, my baselines to pick all the materials, I'm just going to categorize them and we'll talk just a little bit of each and every one of them. But for me, I, you know, this is the, this is the funnest part, (laughs) bringing everything together. Um, We definitely were working again within a budget. So that's really, really important because I think when we go through and we start talking about all of these different categories, you can find different things within the categories, like different material selections that, you know, could be 
I think if you break it down into high, mid, low, I think is a really, really good thing to sort of keep you on track. I personally, when I'm doing budgets, I use Excel. There's nothing, um, nothing fancy. <laughs> it's, not, it's nothing fancy. I like the way that Excel works. I can resource a lot of things. Um, I get a lot of quotes. I'll always get multiple quotes, um, especially, especially now because with supply and demand chains being a little shorter than normal, I definitely recommend with that. So Step four would be picking your materials and we're going to go through all of the materials that I personally used in this project. So number one would be the hardwood flooring. Hardwood flooring on the Eden Bridge property. Um, I used an engineered um, oak flooring. The engineered oak flooring is something that um, I've been using a lot. I've been using engineered flooring, I don't know, maybe for about six six or seven years now like mainly I mean I've used it before but it's really like I'm using it on all of my projects I just think it's such a great value that you get I think it's a must-have for Muskoka um a lot of hardwoods are going this way now like a lot of them are becoming engineered and you'll see it within like laminates too that they're an engineered laminate so for me it was an engineered oak floor there are uh I would say more of a caramel tone in Eden Bridge. It wasn't like a light blonde. If I was to redo the project now, I probably would have gone light blonde. But at the time, again, this was from four or five years ago, um, we were sourcing materials and it was a slightly in like a little bit of a caramel tone. It wasn't a light white brushed oak, but our most popular um, flooring that we're doing and we're seeing these days that most clients like nine times out of 10, every single client will pick is a whitewashed oak floor. So, um, a lot of people aren't diving into the caramel tones, but again, this was from something that was from a while ago, but nevertheless, an engineer and an oak floor, I think is a really, really good investment. Um, I did not, I did not short on that part of the budget. There wasn't a lot of opportunity to go like, well, we're going to do high, medium, low. It was like, I really liked it. I wanted it and I did it. And I spent a lot of money <laughs> on that area. Cabinetry would be the next. I'm very biased on this category, and I think that great cabinetry is a must. I've worked on projects where we have done like base boxes and maybe some, you know, inexpensive brand name shop boxes or worked with a less expensive kitchen manufacturer. In this case, we did not. All of the cabinetry that is done at the Eden Bridge project um, that was designed by myself and my team. So at our team and myself, we would lay out plans. We, you know, worked in all the cabinetry details. We did a ton, a ton of cabinetry in that cottage. It was intentionally thought out. There was a lot of thought process that went behind it. There was a lot of color that was injected into it. And there was probably one of the most expensive categories of our budget because there was so much cabinetry. We did built-ins in the master. We did uh, custom vanities throughout the whole cottage for every single bathroom. And there was one, two, three, four, five. There were five bathrooms. So all differently designed um, vanities. There was a custom built mudroom with like pantry storage and benches. And that was all, that was all made by the, the, the millwork um, company. Laundry room, kitchen. Um, and I think that that's it in terms of cabinetry. But nonetheless, it was a lot um, and we definitely did not like go. We went with a very high-end supplier um, that was part of the finishing. 
the cabinetry looks fantastic in that cottage. It was one of the highlights, I think, especially because we were doing, I felt like it was because it was a renovation. We needed to make sure that the, you know, we were investing money back into the property and we definitely did that through the cabinetry. So I personally didn't pick a lot of white. Um, the kitchen, some of the kitchen cabinets were white, but for the most part, everything was injected with color. It was a bit of a risky, bold move, but I feel like that was just my zone back then. And I was very inspired by that trip. And I just, I just felt that I was sort of just coming off that where it's like, I don't want to do another kitchen that's just laying flat and doing the white thing. Although they're beautiful for me personally at this time, I just didn't feel like that cottage was speaking that language to me. The next thing that we I did was um, white shiplap walls everywhere. There is shiplap everywhere in that cottage. It's on that ceiling. It's on the, it is, the trim is very simple. There's very little crown molding. So there's not like a traditional crown. Um, we use just simple baseboard details so it's a I believe it's a 10 inch baseboard that is in that property there's a four inch trim detail around all of the doors and windows um three panel shaker doors we used a lot of shiplap a lot of questions that we get on the shiplap are where do we mill it from there are two places that are here that will mill um shiplap that's different it's different than the stuff that you can get in the city um these are 12 inch board lengths and it's normally like a a five eighths thick shiplap and it has like a tongue and groove joint to it you can buy other pieces in the city but it's not exactly like that um and it's very it, it just it's very a very Muskoka thing to do so there are two places that we would gr gather those material from um and they're local mills that are within the within the area so there's shiplap everywhere within that cottage there's lots of trim details. There's lots of details that are on the walls. There's lots of transitions for the shiplap to change. There was a lot, a lot of time spent on kind of planning and thinking about like what that would look like. And everything is painted out a, a bright white color. I personally, I used, um, it's cotton balls. That is, that's Benjamin Moore cotton balls. That is the color that's in there. And I just find that it's like a little bit more of a softer white. It's a clean white. It's a bright white, but it's just, it has just this little bit more of softness versus like a simply white, um, or a cloud white. So I just, I personally, I like that. The other favorite color that I like to use, especially when I'm doing like a farmhouse is uh, mountain peak white. I like that color too. So I like the way that it transitions on shiplap. The other thing that made us decide with that too is the way that the sun, so it's, you, you have to, you know, allow that, like, what is the sun positioning of the cottage or like, what is the cottage how does the cottage face? And then if this, if it gets a lot of sun versus not getting a lot of sun. So those were also factors that came into play there as well. Um, black interior door hardware everywhere. I personally like MTech. Um, we do sell that here at Red Bean. So if that's something that speaks to you, but MTech is, has a great interior door. Um, it's a little pricey, um, very classic. You can change all the back sets. You can change the handles. So there's a lot of design details that are there. The exterior we did I did I did a white board and batten exterior and the color on that exterior is OC65 which is Chantilly lace. Chantilly lace is I believe I I think it's a beautiful exterior color. It's very clean, very crisp. It's not too stark, it's not too bright. It was a perfect color and again, you have to look at the positioning of the cottage. So I felt like that was a really good 
Um, and I've had a lot of people say, oh, it didn't feel like it was the Chantilly lace. Like it didn't feel like it was that stark. I know because that's because of how much light that it gets and what it does. And it's also the materials that you're using as well. So lots of different factors um, there. Quartz countertops I did throughout the whole property. So in the kitchen, there's quartz. In the bathrooms, there's quartz. There's quartz everywhere in the laundry room. Lots and lots of oversized windows. I spoke about this when I first went into the property. When I was there and I first walked in, I felt like you couldn't see all the money shots, which was the lake. And I removed a lot of wall and put new windows in that were going to, you know, speak like floor to ceiling, floor, like staircase, like wells. Like that was a huge upgrade that we did um, so that we would be able to see the beautiful waterfront and the views that you're paying you know, these high real estate prices for us. So that was a big, big factor for me. Um, and I chose a uh, black exterior windows and it would be on the inside and the ex so interior exterior, they were both black. Lastly, a lot of cool light fixtures and cabinetry hardware for making things pop. A lot of our light fixtures would be sourced from places like Hudson Valley. We do sell those at Red Bean. You can go online and you can, there's lots of different lighting. If there's something that you can't find on there, please email us and let us know. Cabinetry hardware would be the same thing. It's MTech. Um, or top knobs, I think was probably another supplier that was used on that particular project. We use a lot of black and there was a lot of gold. So, and the gold would have been like a soft brush gold, not so much of a brassy gold. So black and gold were the two most popular colors within uh, the cabinetry hardware and all the hardware is different. So they're like freestone knobs and poles. I would say if you go online, you can look at what they're like. They're available in lots of different colors, but uh, those would be our popular and just a great light fixture. I think that that can, you know, go a long way. You can have a very simple shiplap room. And again, a number one, one of the number one questions that we get asked is there is a bedroom that is in that cottage and we get asked all the time what one of the light fixtures are. There's nothing really in the bedroom when we break down the design components from it. It's got oak floors, there's white shiplap walls, but it's got this poppy rattan fixture and a lot of people get drawn to that. So I think that again, it really speaks to it. So if you can put something in there that's really, really cool and poppy and you have such a neutral palette everywhere else, um, you know, I think that uh, those are the design elements that you can add in and the things that you should be working into your design board. So there you have it. That is how I designed Eden Bridge Cottage. That is what I broke down. Um, lots of fun. I'm so glad that I was able to be honored with designing that place. And now it's offered as an Airbnb for the new owners. And I think that's incredible. And I love seeing all the new memories that got popped up on that feed. So yes, I am here for that. Um, and I'm just, I'm glad that I was able to be able to take some opportunities that I was able to have and bring that in. And for the period of time that my family had owned that and we were able to have such wonderful memories, I'm so thankful for that. So thank you for being able to, um, you know, provide that to me. <laughs> and obviously the iconic woman that was, uh, you know, graced us when we were there and walked us through. It was just such a cool experience. And I was able to, you know, hopefully transition that into uh, what the next generations are able to, you know, honor and have and be able to enjoy for their Muskoka property that is uh, the Edenbridge Cottage. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on the Creative Influencer Show. I hope that you have gained some inspiration today and you've left with your heart and your mind a little bit more full. 
I have been building and designing cottages here in Muskoka for almost 20 years, and I love talking about this topic. My mission is to provide insightful knowledge around the design and home building industry. We are a small business and every like, DM, and subscribe makes a difference to keep us going. We read every one of them, seriously. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and follow us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, you know. Join the mail list and receive 15% off your first online purchase or better yet, subscribe to our Love Your Home boxes now offered seasonally to keep your home looking fresh and on style. If you love what you heard, please subscribe and share with two friends. Spread the word of this new and exciting podcast and remember to love your home. Until next time, RB Tribe, be kind to one another and remember to be inspired and love your home.